0: Good evening everybody, we are here on the end of the week, the seventh day, and we come to a final service for this week, the Q&A, and we just thank God, seven days into this eighth month, He's been good, in spite of all that is happening, He has been good to us, Amen. all of us. It's a special week also because we had a baby this week. So every time and very soon this month, we'll have two more, a set of twins are coming. And so like this year, has been pretty good. Babies are on a roll. They're coming one after another, you know, in the midst of all that gloom, all the babies bring so much joy, so we just thank you, thank you, Lord, thank you. Now Thanks. this evening, as we go into the Q&A, yes. oh. we thank you for everyone who mm-hmm. keeps sending these questions. Your questions give comfort, the answers to a lot of others. Like in church, when we have the time of prayer, there are so many who do not write out their prayers because they are scared. But when we pray their unspoken prayer requests, the prayers get answered in the same way. When one person asks a question, it answers the question that was in the heart of so many others. So each one of you, when you send a question, you're answering the doubts of so many others because I get the feedback in the mail of so many are blessed by the Q&A. And we just thank God for those who send the questions to This evening we pray that God will bless us with the answers yes. to Because ultimately, He is the answer. We find the answer to life in Christ. Father, this evening, we just want to thank you, Lord, once again for your goodness, your kindness, your mercy towards us, O Lord. We come at this time of Q&A into thy hands, O Lord, and I pray the anointing would rest upon us, the anointing would rest upon the hearers, and the anointing would teach us all things, Lord. Come this time into thy hands. Be with all of us. Wherever your people are, Lord, be with everyone. Father, for in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Amen.
1: Yes, Pastor Vijay. This is question number six, Pastor. Six, okay. It's from a widow. Mm. Uh, I've been reading and rereading the parable of the persistent
0: widow. Hmm. Okay. I just don't get it. Okay, we'll go to that portion in Luke chapter 18. 18. I mean, Jesus is using an illustration to teach us. If you go to Luke chapter 18 and verse 1, actually verse 1 answers the question. Okay, Jesus told his disciples a parable to show them that they should always pray and not give up. Hmm. That is the whole purpose of that parable. Okay, And then using that illustration, how to explain that. Uh, point he makes he uses a person is a judge who doesn't care for anybody okay if you look at it he said yeah shall we go to verse two yeah he said in a certain town was a judge who neither feared god nor cared about men and there was a widow in that town who kept coming to him with a plea grant me justice against my adversary.' she has some situation it could be anything for some time he refused, but finally he said to himself, even though I don't fear God or care about men, yet because this widow keeps bothering me, I will see that she gets justice so that she would eventually wear me out with her coming. Mm. And the Lord said, listen to what the unjust judge says <coughs> and will not God bring about justice for his chosen ones who cry out to him day and night, will he keep putting them off? Basically, it is talking about persevering in prayer. Mm. It's talking about pers- perseverance. No? We say there are three different things. One is in a patience, then there is endurance. This is basically talking about persevering. You know a situation, like we have to look at it. You know you're going through a situation. You know there is injustice. You know the will of God is something else. Okay, like we've been looking in the morning sessions with prayer and don't pray and give up. Mm. Because sometimes, especially, uh, uh, sometimes what happens is uh, our prayers are connected with so many other lives. Mm. So we will be only looking through one prism, okay? We see through one angle. So why don't you answer me? And God is looking that if you were to instantly answer my prayer, how many lives in so many different ways it will affect.
2: Mm.
0: Okay, so many. Like the simple illustration which I use is that um, we sat down to eat our lunch, right? All of us ate lunch. We sat down and ate our lunch. Let us say in our Indian terms, we ate rice. But do you know the rise to reach our table? How many people were involved? Yes. Hmm. How many people were involved for the rise to table? Look at the whole process from where to where to where, especially with India, where it's not machines that is primarily used, it's people. The number of people that was used in that supply chain from the beginning till to reach, okay. So in everything that we ask for, there are so many people, life, situations which are involved, which will be affected. So therefore God being a father, Mm. okay, God being a father and God being the creator because he is righteous. He's righteous. He's righteous. He's working these things out at the back.
2: Mm.
0: He's working these things out the back. Because whenever he does something, remember, he has to be just because that is who he is. He cannot do anything that is unjust. We may say, if you answer me now this way, uh, it will be just because she's asking for justice. Justice. Yes. She's asking for justice. Mm. But remember, when God has to do something, he has to be just to Everybody yes. and to be just to himself. Okay, that's why Jesus had to die on the cross. Remember, He's both the just I'm and the justifier. justifier. You need to understand the the, the nature of God's righteousness. We will not We will not understand the nature of God's righteousness unless you see his own son on the cross. Why does he have to crucify his son uh-huh. to set us sinners, uh-huh. forgive us sinners? Because that is the nature of his justice, of his righteousness. Uh-huh. Then only we will understand. So there are a lot of situations in which we pray for, and we should not give up. We should not give up. There could be one because God is working out. Second, there could be so many other oppositions We know spiritual opposition. There are demonic powers involved over there. Okay. Demonic powers involved over there. And we know, I mean, the most often repeated is Daniel's story. Okay. And that is just for a, for an understanding of something technically it does not involve anybody's life at that point he wanted to know something from god the answer is coming and is being stopped in the demonic realm Mm. why Because the demons realize he's they already see a pattern with daniel and they realize this answer comes to him it is going to become scripture Mm. it will bless so many people in the years and centuries to Mm -hmm. come so Mm -hmm. you know what they want to block that answer Mm -hmm. they want to block that answer so you see took 21 days for simple answer, okay, which is not relevant to life's problems primarily. So you need to realize that there's a battle going on. The third reason, sometimes I believe one of the most important reasons why an answer gets delayed is that we have a situation and we want an answer. And God says persevere. Because you know what? Sometimes the answer is not delayed because of other people. Sometimes the answer is not delayed because of the demonic oppression. Sometimes the answer is not delayed because God is changing us to receive the answer. Mm. Wow. God is changing us so that when He gives us the answer, because sometimes if the answer were to come, it is before time. We are not ready to receive the answer. The answer would actually destroy us. So sometimes God does not say no, He says wait. Sometimes He's straight away. Like, you look at it, no ma'am. If any man You look at it, if any man should have got an answer to his prayer, Lord, take this oppression of the enemy from me. That should have been Paul. Mm. Because for all of us, after Jesus, he's our hero. (laughs) (laughs) But Jesus, of course, we say, okay, Lord, you're a savior, we understand. You're a different, I mean, different category altogether. But Paul, Mm. from where he came and what he became, Moses, where he came, what he became. So these are heroes in the for us who are in ministry. And then he has got a real affliction from the enemy.
2: Mm.
0: And he asks God three times, and God says, no. Mm.
2: God
0: says, no. You know why? Because God says, you know what? If I answer you, I know the long run. Even you mm-hmm. will fall away. Yeah. Ryan will get it. <laughs> Even you will fall away. You, oh, you, you will fall away. You know? So that is where we need to understand. But the whole thing about it is that we need to persevere don't give up. Because you never know when the answer will come. And you come to that last verse of that uh, parable. And will not God bring about justice for his chosen ones who cry out to him day and night? Will he keep putting them off? And verse 8, I tell you, he will see that they get justice. It is promised. We will get justice. One thing I'll tell you, even if we don't get it in this life, there is a day coming. It's called the day of justice. Mm -hmm. The day of judgment means the day of Justice. However, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on earth? Meaning he says, Would you persevere? Would you persevere? Would you wait? Would you pray and never give up? And says, You know, Lord, I am not going to give up. Let me give you an illustration of the same question that is being asked in heaven. Revelation. Yeah. The book of (coughs) Revelation. Chapter 6, Revelation chapter 6 and verse 9 to 11. When you open the fifth seal, I saw under the altar the souls of those who had been slain because of the word and the testimony they had maintained. Okay, remember when we are talking about heaven, you see souls, Mm -hmm. disembodied spirits. That's the word that you should be used. They are spirits of righteous men. Okay, Mm. but they don't have bodies because everyone will get their body only together. Yes. They cannot get their bodies at different times. That means the judgment is already set. Because your body itself is your judgment. Okay. It's like Olympics. You go over there, you see three people, one on one, two, three, gold, silver, bronze. Okay. You look at them standing over there, you will know which one is gold, which one yes. is silver, which one is bronze. You know it. It's it very easy. This is gold, this is silver, this is gold, You see it. Okay. So in the same way, the Bible says the whole, the whole of creation is groaning for the sons of God to be revealed. Meaning, they know the sons of God. But that is not what it means. All the angels know who are the believers, who are some God's children. They know, they know our life, they know our prayer, they know God loves us, they bring answers, they know it all, who are. But they don't know the nature of glory inside. Yeah. Christ in us, they do not know. On that day, in the twinkling of an eye, it will be revealed and everybody will say who are the overcomers and the level of glory. Yes, starts differ in glory. Though will God's children. Okay. So here, putting that aside, that was an aside. It was free. You don't have to pay for it.
2: <laughs>
0: okay. <clears throat> I saw under the altar souls of those who had been slain and they're crying out. Look at verse 10. Okay. They called out in loud voice, how long sovereign Lord, holy and true, until you judge the inhabitants of the earth and avenge our blood. Okay. So there is a prayer. There are prayers on earth. The prayers in heaven. (laughs) There is a cry in hell. (laughs) Lord have mercy. Can you have a drop of water? Okay. So everywhere there is Spirits crying out. Prayers. People crying going out, okay. <laughs> so, don't pray in hell, it is useless. But pray in, uh, earth, you'll get an answer. Pray in heaven, you get an answer. And God speaks there, okay. Until how long? So that's the question, how long? And look at the answer God says in verse 11. Okay, He gives an answer. And each of them was given a white robe and they were told to wait a little longer. Until the number of their fellow servants and brothers who were to be killed as they had been were completed wow. so, now this answer will be like stunning I mean. <laughs> okay what <laughs> how did you come here <coughs> we stood for our faith we are martyred god says you know what you're not the only ones the whole list of others who have to come and when the complete number is full the cup is full judgment will come hmm. they will you will have justice i will rise up and i will take just judgment um justice and I will avenge all those who killed my children who stood up. Okay, that's what he's telling uh, Israel. Okay, four hundred thirty years of slavery. They're <laughs> crying. They how long, <laughs> Lord? How long, Lord? How long, Lord? How long? Oh, God said, "Right, the sin of the Amorites right, is not. <coughs> I'm just. I'm a righteous. I'm giving them time. Giving them time because I love them too." Love them too. So ultimately that's what Moses understands at the end of his life. He realize, you know what, now I understand all his ways are just and righteous. Okay. So there are a lot of reasons in our personal lives, family, church, you know, all about. Cry around the world going out saying, Lord, you know, God, Lord, how long, how long, how long, how long, how long. But why? But in the process, we should never give up we should never ever give up we should continue to pray we should continue to persevere this primary question or this primary parable is about persevering in prayer there are certain things which we should never give up pray one definitely is the salvation of people we should never <coughs> salvation of people restoration of relationships we should never give up because that is What Jesus' whole mission is. He's a peacemaker, restoration of relationship. And third thing, we should never stop praying for unless God tells you, no, is for healing. Healing is the will of God. Deliverance is the will of God. Lord, should I be delivered of devil? Of course. Go preach the kingdom of God, heal the sick, and cast out the demons. This is the gospel. This is the gospel. Jesus never sent out his disciples without this command that heal the sick and deliver the people from demonic operation. Therefore, you don't have to ask. Okay? In Paul's case, it is an exception for his own good. For his own good. But that is not the rule. The rule is deliverance is the will of God. Healing is the will of God. It is the will of God. So it doesn't matter. I don't care how long you have been sick. Long you have been sick. You should never stop believing and praying for your healing. Otherwise, think about the woman with 12 years of issue of blood. She should have given up. Or the woman who was bent over for 18 years. years. Or the man who was a cripple for 38 38 years. years. Look at this time frame. 12, 18, 38. And Jesus said, you know, become a man and go. 38 years, you are used to it now. That is your life. The fact that he got up and walked. I mean, how did he walk? Not about the healing. He had to remember how to walk. <laughs> okay? But, you know, he walked. So, it doesn't matter. These are fundamental things which you have to look into the word of God and understand. You know what? Healing is the will of God. Healing is the will of God. And you have to keep on asking. Keep on asking. Okay? Like we talk about cars, the human body. Natural wear and tear we accept. Because we are all growing old, the outer body is perishing, okay outer body is perishing that you accept, but unnatural attacks of the enemy or unnatural attacks on the body through illness is not to be accepted, not to be tolerated it's not to be tolerated. we have to fight this, so these are things which we persevere and never give up we Pray for salvation because nothing is more important than that because it is appointed unto man to die once. And after that, is judgment, meaning there is no chance after death. Every chance for man is before death. Therefore, we should, we should have this saying that, no, you are not going to die unsaved on my watch.
1: Yeah.
0: I am going to do whatever I can do. To my part, I will do. It is my duty to pray for you and I will pray. How it will happen, I leave it to God's says. What is in my hands, we will do. We will keep on praying twice a day, thrice a day. My wife, seven times a day. She has a list of people who need to be saved. Seven times. I do twice, twice. My wife is seven times a day. She will pray. Family, children, unsaved loved ones, save seven times a day. And you will pray seven times a day, 365 days a year. You will pray as long as you have breath you will pray. Now that is with understanding mm. how much we pray <laughs> in the spirit. So that is much more than us. The Holy Spirit is praying through us according to the will of God because he searches such You see, never give up these things. These things are too important, more important than life on earth. Because once eternity begins, it is set. Mm. And then we will regret, oh Lord, I wish I had prayed more. God says, you did not have because you, you did not ask. You did not ask. So keep praying. Never quit. Never, never quit. And so dear sister who is there, the widow, never quit, whatever it is. And through the process, he sanctifies us. Sometimes as we, that's what the Bible says, delight in the Lord and shall give the desires to your heart. And prayer should be a delight. Mm. Because you're going to your father and asking for something. It should be, should be a delight. In the process, he sanctifies us. And after some time, if you realize, you know that the prayer does not matter. Mm. It's like child. Daddy, will you give me this thing two days? After that, he's also forgotten what it is. Mm. Yes. Because desire has changed. changed. Sometimes when we pray for certain things, our desires change. We delight in the Lord. The prayer closet itself has the power to change us. Mm. Has the power to change this. Yes, pastor. in
1: this particular passage in Revelation, yes. mm-hmm. uh, the souls which have been martyred, mm-hmm. when they reach heaven, mm-hmm. they're crying for vengeance. So the on earth, yes. mm-hmm. they might be saying. I mean, like for example, Stephen mm-hmm. said,
0: "Lord, not come." Yeah. So the the understanding of theologians is these are the souls of Old Testament saints. Okay, okay, okay. Not the New Testament saints. These are the Old Testament saints (laughs) who will still cry out for Elijah. Okay, Uh, okay. Okay, they are still. It's the Old Testament saints. These are not Not New Testament Testament,
1: saints. Okay. Okay. So, I think on the same note, I think because it's on prayer, Mm. question number nine Mm. will be a very very interesting question to look into. Uh, questions, uh, she's she's asking, do you sometimes feel that God is turning a deaf ear to your most desperate prayer requests? Mm. I pray for comfort yet end up feeling emptier and more alone after I pray. Mm. But when I hear you and your wife pray, I'm comforted. Mm. I feel a a load lifted off me, but then I'm back to square one again. Once I get back to my normal chores, I have suicidal thoughts. I'm not boasting. I have enough money, enough land, plenty of cars, plenty of
0: everything. But
1: I'm miserable, lonely and
0: suicidal. My husband, <laughs> he's crying, you know, okay. My, my husband is a... <clears throat> okay, I'm sorry it was put up there. Okay. okay. Uh, you know, whoever this sister is, I mean, I've come from another continent altogether, okay. You know, there's something which Paul writes in his letter to Timothy. Let's turn to 1st you know, uh, Timothy, chapter 6 and verse 6. Okay. Godliness with contentment is great gain. Okay, putting in the context because the person seems to be extremely well-to-do. That's what he said, okay. extremely well-to-do. I've got everything. Okay, but what she does not have is two things godliness, and contentment. Okay? For we brought nothing into the world and we can take nothing out of it. Okay? So let's go back to that question. <coughs> okay? First, the first thing, now, please uh, note this because we have to be very uh, careful because we, I don't want to be misunderstood. Okay. Misunderstood. Can we can we go to uh, Corinthians 12 6? Second Corinthians twelve six. Okay. Corinthians 12 6. Oh, no, no, no. Examine yourself. Oh, For 35. 2nd oh. Corinthians 13 five. Thirty, not 12. Where did I go to? 12, uh-huh. 13 5, yeah. Examine yourself to see whether you are in the faith. Now, when you're talking about faith, meaning, are you really saved? Salvation matters. See, praying to God is not a big thing, except for the atheists. Everybody prays to God within quotes. Mm. Everybody prays to God. Okay. But salvation is a different matter altogether. Just because... You are born into a Christian family, and because you went to church from childhood, does not make you a child of God. Mm. So the first thing I have to address is over that. We have to be very, very careful, okay? We have to be very careful about this. First thing we need to be absolutely clear, we saw that in the morning, Jesus telling Nicodemus, the stunning thing to the man who is, Speaking to is what matters. He's the leader of the synagogue, a ruler of the synagogue. He's part of the Sanhedrin. Mm. He's the teacher of Israel. And he's a godly man and not saved. He's not saved. And Jesus makes it very, very clear. You have to be born again by the Spirit. You have to be born again by the word and you have to be born again by the spirit. Mm. It is a real experience. You are born once again. Mm. And the Bible says in John 3, 6 and 7, mm. flesh gives birth to flesh. Spirit gives bl- birth to spirit. Okay. Flesh gives birth to flesh. Spirit gives birth to spirit. You should not be surprised at me saying you must be born again. Simple statement. God does not have grandchildren. God has only children. Me going to church, which I went for years, did not make me a Christian. Christian. Mm. Okay? Did not make me a Christian. To be a Christian, I had to be born Born again. again, Okay? Mm. I had to be born again. Mm. Christ had to be born in me. And I was put into Christ. It's a spiritual thing. Mm. It's a spiritual thing. It is like... The baby being born. When the baby was born, it came out of darkness into light. Literally came from darkness into light. That is exactly how the Bible talks about salvation. We have come out of the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light. From the power of Satan to the power of God. It's something that happens inside. Okay. When that happens, things start changing. And if you go... um, to that same portion. Okay, let me give you the verse. You cannot see and you cannot enter. There are two verses he uses over there. Yeah, verse 3. I tell you, no one can see the kingdom of God unless he's born again. Mm. God says, until this spiritual experience takes place, it's a real spiritual experience, you don't see. Meaning, you don't perceive the kingdom of God. Mm. You don't perceive. You cannot see. You cannot see. And then he uses the other term, you cannot enter. You cannot enter. So there is a seeing and there is an entering into the kingdom of God. I tell you, no one can enter the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God is real. It is a realm. Mm. It's a realm. Okay, let me ask you this question. You have your brain. Mm. Yes, you can find the x-ray scanning, whatever you can see your brain. Can you see your mind? No. <laughs> but do you doubt you have a mind? But can you see your mind? Your mind is a realm. Mm -hmm. Mind is a realm. Okay, mind is a realm. The kingdom of God is a realm. Mm -hmm. Okay, let me ask you this question. Uh, because with my basic knowledge, you have this computer, everything, all this sitting on, so we call this hardware. Can you see the software? No. Okay, can you see the software? You can't see the software. Mm Massless. It has no mass. The software has no mass, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. But do you doubt the software? Yes. No, you don't doubt the software. We know the hardware, okay? We know the software too. But can you can you doubt the software? No, you don't. In the same way, the kingdom of God is real. When you're born again, you will know it. You will know it. And when you're born again, what happens is you become a child of God. Wow child of God. Mm. And if you go to Romans fourteen, there is something that is said about the kingdom of God. Righteousness, peace. He says it is life is not about eating and mm. drinking. Fourteen seven. Yeah fourteen seven. 14, 7. Romans fourteen seven. It's a little further down. 17, 17, 17, seventeen, yeah, it's seven. Further down, yeah, seventeen. Mm. For the kingdom, when you're born into the kingdom of God, when you see the kingdom of God, when you enter into the kingdom of God, something happens. What happens? The kingdom of God is not. Let's leave the not out and look what it is. It is righteousness. It is peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. Whole morning we've been looking at. Mm. This is not the righteousness of works. Mm-hmm. This is the righteousness of God imputed mm. into us. Imputed is a word which we find difficult to understand. It means charged into our account. Mm. God says, I (laughs) mean, let's say I give my credit card to Peter and say, Peter, you go buy whatever you want and charge it on my account. Mm. That's basically what it means. Abraham believed God and it was charged into God's account, Mm. righteous. That's basically, it's as, simple, so as simple, as simplest as we can talk about. But don't go to the supermarket and say that tomorrow. Impute it into my credit card, okay? <laughs> okay, okay. That is what it means. We believe only what Christ did and nothing of our own. We believe it is imputed into us the righteousness of God. And God declares us just. Mm. Immediately something happens. You know what? peace and joy comes in the Holy Spirit. How? The Holy Spirit comes in. That's why Jesus is talking about being born in the Holy Spirit. We are given. If you go to Acts, because this is fundamental, because people struggle, and I know because I think the sister is from the Catholic background, and I'm talking to you as ex-Catholic, because we all went through. Because one thing about Catholics is they're very religious. The most similar thing about Catholics is Catholics and Muslims are very similar. They're very, very devout. devout Catholic and a devout Muslim are very devout to their religion. And when they get saved, they are some of the best Christians you will meet because they have the discipline without being a disciple of Christ. Mm. They have the discipline, but they don't know God. And I did not know God. I did not know God. If you go to Acts chapter uh, sorry, ben. 2, oh, sorry. and uh, his answer there, okay, what he says about salvation, accepted to this one verse here uh verse 38 sorry verse 38 he says repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of jesus okay it is like repent believe repent meaning stop trusting in your works stop trusting in anything you have done repent means to change your mind completely about what salvation is what heaven is who God is what God stands change your mind completely about it believe in the Lord Jesus Christ And as an act of believing, get baptized. So believe, repent, believe, baptize. That's not what happened to me as a child born in a Catholic family. I was born and I was baptized on the eighth day. And when I believed, I think I was around 19 or 20 years old. Actually, outside the church, I heard the gospel, understood what I believed. So that was not the order. Then I got baptized later, and that was the believer's baptism. Every one of you, for the forgiveness of your sins, look at what, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. That is what happens. That is what happens. When you go through what God has said for you to go through, something supernatural happens. You receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit, you are born (coughs) of the Spirit, what God is telling Nicodemus. The Spirit of God comes in you. And what happens when it comes in you? That is Romans 14, 17. Mm. What happens? You are declared righteous by God. Righteous, the righteousness of God. And as what happens in your spirit, peace and joy comes in in the spirit. Now this peace and this joy has got nothing to do with the outward circumstances. Mm.
2: Yes. Yes. That is
0: why you have to look at it. What (coughs) is What is what is outward circumstances? Jesus puts the basic needs of life. Because whenever Jesus does something, he is very, very just and he is very, very loving. Meaning, when Jesus was born, starting from his beginning, when he was born, he was born of simple parents in a manger. What does it mean? The poorest of the poor has access to a manger. Though the rich also can come. The poor cannot go to the palace. But the rich can come people to a manger. Born, yes. So when he was born, an access was given to everyone to come and worship the child. Nobody stopped. So Jesus is very, very fair. So he's using a simple common denominator. What is, what is this world for people? What is life for people? You look at a poor man or a beggar sitting at one of the crossroads in Hyderabad. What is he thinking about? He's thinking about something to eat and tap water. That's it. That's what his entire life is over two things. Somebody will give me some food today and I will have some water to drink. Basic. God says, and then you can add on according to your status. Keep on adding. He says that is not the kingdom of God. Mm. The kingdom of God is what? Righteousness and irrespective of your, of your outward status, you have peace and joy. Doesn't matter what your husband is. Doesn't matter why fear. What doesn't matter what your children is. What doesn't matter the state of your job is. Deep inside you have peace and you have joy. Okay, peace and joy. That's the parable of Lazarus and the, uh, Lazarus and the rich man. The, he, how do we know if you put it all together? How For me, in the parable of Lazarus and uh, that is specific, Luke 16. Luke 16. For me, that one thing, okay. And Pastor Vijay won't understand that, okay? Because of his nature. What is it, Pastor? Okay. I'll tell you. <laughs> okay? That is verse 20. 16, 20. 16 and verse 20. At this uh and 21.
1: Can you put both verses together? Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. Okay. Pastor, you can read it, actually. It's there.
0: You can read it. He'll scroll down. Okay, 20. Okay, let's go further.
1: Yeah.
0: yeah Twenty one. And longing to eat what fell from the rich man's tables, and even the dogs came and licked his sores That's what I said. <laughs> <laughs> so would understand that. He would understand that. All we have to do is Pastor Vijay stand out and me stand out. The dogs will come to me. They won't go to him. All the dogs over here are my friends. But they he runs away from them and they stay away from him. Okay. (laughs) Now, if you have a man who is hoping to eat the crumbs from the rich man's table, and if the dogs have to come and sit with you and lick your swords, meaning even with a man who is living off the crumbs of another man's table, he's sharing with the dogs. Mm. Otherwise, they won't come to you. Okay, they won't come to you. Dogs come to you because they know you're friendly and you will give them something to eat. You won't (laughs) chase them, you won't stone them. Okay, we see. So, you know in our streets, Banpali and all, early morning people come on scooters, car with biscuit packets, and all the dogs know them. Ladies and all the crowd all around, jump around them. I go on the walk on that that road near G.S. So and the dogs jump all over me. Okay, oh, yes, let sit, sit down over there. Okay, so the thing is that dogs know. Mm-hmm. So this man is a kind man. This man is a kind man. He's a beggar. Your kindness is not dependent upon your financial status. Mm-hmm. Now he has nobody to give. He himself is subsisting all crumbs. There is only one entity lower than him. Those are the dogs. So You need to look at that. That is why it is written, the dogs came and licked his sores. Only if you know dogs, you will understand that. Okay, dogs are not friendly to people who are not kind to them. They will growl and they will run away. So he a kind man. Okay. So irrespective of his situation, he has peace and he has joy. Yes, sir. Like Jesus said, it's more blessed to give than to receive. He's a giver. He's a giver. You have to look at the... It is not simply because that means all poor people go to heaven. That's yeah, not what the Bible is yeah, no, saying. Not. There are characteristics of, Lazarus. of mm-hmm. in Lazarus mm-hmm. which will show you that he's a man who was genuinely saved. It's a man who believed in God. It's a man who had genuine faith and therefore he made it. So whenever you're going through and whenever you're coming back to that question, when you're talking about prayer, it is... The most important prayer you will ever pray in life is, Lord, have mercy on me. Lord Jesus, come into my life. There's no prayer you will ever pray in your life more important than that. That is your first genuine prayer of repentance and asking God for forgiveness and asking God to come into your life. That's the most important prayer. Mm. When that happens, something happens. So here sometimes what happens is many of your prayer requests, sometimes God does not answer because he wants the first thing to be done. Oh, yes, to be saved first, yeah. Mm. First thing to be done. First thing to be done. He says, you know what? You think this is your desperate prayer, but you know what? For me, what is my, for you, your most desperate prayer? Be my child. God be my child. That is what I'm waiting for. When that happens, he says, you will see your situation differently. Mm -hmm. You will not see your son, your husband as what was mentioned. (laughs) You will see your husband as a person I need to stand in the gap and intercede so that he may be saved. Would see him. Even if his behavior is like that. I would see him. You would see him completely differently. You would start looking at completely differently. You will suddenly realize, you know what? I can be a blessing okay. in the kingdom of God. Why? Because God has given me so much.
2: Hmm.
0: What am I going to do with this? That's what I said. Second, uh, first Timothy six, six. Okay. Godliness with what contentment. Godliness with, with contentment content, is the yes. great thing. Mm-hmm. And the second words, we came with nothing, nothing into the world. And we, we will take nothing out of it. So if you did not take nothing mm-hmm. out of the world, what are you going to do with what you got in between? Mm-hmm. The earth and the fullness belongs to God. This gold and the silver are his. Everything is his. So we don't own anything. Mm. We don't own anything. We are only given stewardship. Mm-hmm. And then we need to realise Lord you gave me so much so much you know what you could be really really blessing to god's kingdom and you know realize when you start becoming a blessing to god's kingdom your misery goes Amen, amen. your misery goes because that is what we are supposed to be we are supposed to be a believer is supposed to be reverse flowing out of us reverse shall flow out of you i'm telling you whether you are poor or rich it is irrelevant If you are miserable, it's simply because you are not doing what your father does. God, from the beginning till today, is a giver. He's forever giving. Forever giving. And he gives the good and the bad. His reign falls on the righteous and the unrighteous. He's forever giving. To the point he gave us his Son, he gave us his Spirit, he's forever giving. And that's why Paul says in the book of Acts, the Lord said, it's more blessed to give than to receive. Mm-hmm. And you know what? You have to change your listing and you have to start becoming a person who gives. You ask God. I'm not giving it to charity and all. I'm not talking about that. That even non-Christians give to charity. Bill Gates also is given to Allah's He's the most miserable man. We are not talking about that. We are talking about allowing God to give through us. Mm-hmm. He will tell us how to give, where to give. Otherwise, we are in control of our giving. If we are in control of our giving, you know what? We still will have no peace. We'll have no peace. Lord, of people in the world, religious people, give as a part of religion. Because they want to have brownie points when they reach heaven. You know it's it's good karma, they will say, but that's not it, it, Christian giving is Christian giving is God giving through us yes. Amen. it's God giving through us because it owns it belongs to him, and he will tell us how to give fundamental principles are put over there, and over and above that God will specifically lead us, like if you look look at let me off the cuff okay Warren buffet he's supposed almost 80, 90 years old. He's supposed to be one of the best investors in the stock market. He's made his money simply from the stock market, investment. Okay? He said, how does he make? He's a very good investor. Okay? Now, you need to realize, God is the best investor. He knows where to put his resources. Mm -hmm. Okay? So, the simple thing is that when you want to give, ask God where to put our money in, which will bring you profit will bring you profit that's the parable of the talents he said show me the returns one said 10 another said 5 one said i didn't use it all these things play in and you realize that you're born again you start he- studying the word hearing the word you start walking by faith you start hearing in the spirit you start being led by the spirit and you start practicing this thing you see your outward circumstances doesn't matter mm. You realize because inward the kingdom has come in and God will shake the outside. The Bible promises everything that can be shaken. Individual lives to international. Everything that's what's happening in the world today. Everything that can be shaken will be shaken for whose sake, for our sake, so that we know we are receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken. He's not shaking it for them because they have no clue what the shaking means. Mm. He's shaking it for us so that we will know the kingdom in me and you is real, that we are not shaken. And everything that is false of us is not of the kingdom. Let it go. Mm. Let it go. You know, you shake a tree full of fruits. The ones that will fall are the ripe ones. Mm. The rotten ones. They will all fall off. Let it fall off. Let it fall off. And that's what God is doing. And this is all. That is what the Bible is talking. Examine yourself whether you are in the faith. And what is the answer? Christ is sin. You go back to that. Read that verse again. We believers who've been in the Lord for a long time need to be very, very careful of that verse. Like I said in the morning, the Bible is written to the believers. Yes. Yep. Unbelievers can read it and get saved, but until they get saved, it will not make sense to them. Okay. Examine yourself to see whether you are in the faith. Test yourself. What is the answer? Do you not realize that Christ is in you? Unless of course you fail the test. The answer is Christ in How do you know Christ is Christ is never shaken by anything? You told me. You show me one example in the entire Bible when He walked on the earth, except the Garden of Gethsemane, where He was shaken. Never. So if Christ in you is never shaken by any eventuality, that's your hope. He's never shaken. I can be shaken. He's not shaken. And if I am shaken, God says, you know what? You are trying to live your life. You will be shaken. <laughs> mm. I didn't tell you to live your life. Galatians 2.20 is absolutely powerful, especially in KJV. Paul is a man who understands. He understood. And that's where God gives the answer. I am crucified with Christ. He's not saying I'm crucified for Christ. Mm -hmm. I am crucified with Christ. When he died, I died. When he rose, I rose. Nevertheless, Nevertheless, I live. Yet not I, but Christ lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, in this body, I live by the faith of the Son of God. Not faith in the Son of God. The faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. That's what you're talking about. It is his life in me. That's basically what happens. Basically Mm -hmm. what happens. Okay, like four of you are sitting here in front of us. The camera, everything. Okay, basically. if you, And if you ask this question, why are you four here? Will you be here tomorrow from six to
2: eight?
0: No. No. Why are you here? Because you, we have a Q&A. You know what you are doing? You are living our lives now till we finish. Yes. You are not living your lives. Yeah. Your life ceased at six. Till we began, you were doing your own things. At six, on the dot of six, you stopped living and we started living through you. And when Amen. we stop, you start living again. Amen. That is what faith means. Christ lives through Amen. us. And when Christ lives through us, he's never shaken. Never, never shaken. He's never shaken. And that's the only life God accepts. Mm-hmm. He doesn't accept any other life. And honestly look at it, he should not accept any other life. <laughs> okay, that's the only life. That is why Bible says by faith. By faith, by faith, by faith, by faith, and by faith, it is impossible to please God without faith. Why? Mm-hmm. Why does faith please God? <laughs> because it is the life of His mm-hmm. Son. He's only pleased with his son. This is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. He's not pleased with me. He's not pleased with Pastor Vijay. He's not pleased with any one of us. But he's pleased with the life of his son in us. And that happens only when we live by faith. you know. And you suddenly realize this born again, this kingdom experience, living in the kingdom, walking by faith is real. And when that happens, it doesn't happen in one damn thing. Born again happens in an instantaneous. But you grow in it. As you start growing in it, you start seeing life better. You start seeing life clearer. You know what? You don't shake anymore. You know, things will come. You can be, you can be. I'm not saying uh, Paul was not in the body. He was living in the body, but he was shaken. First Corinthians, second Corinthians, he he despaired of death. Despaired of death. Okay? Yes, it will happen. But God brought him out. Okay. In Acts uh, when he's in um, shipwrecked in that in that this thing he said, We gave up all hope for life. But the angel of the Lord came and told him, You will not die for your sake I have given everybody. So all these things people go through. But you don't quit. Mm. You don't buckle under it. Okay. Your faith will come alive and God will intervene and say, You know what? Don't quit. It's hanging over there. That's how it works. I dear sister, I hope I have spoken to you, you are comforted, I would say First go to Christ and say, Lord, I am sorry for my life. The good and the bad, both. Hmm. Because if you're a good Catholic, you depend upon your good deeds to go to heaven. Hmm. There will be nobody who went to heaven because of their good deeds. Hmm. People go to heaven only because they repented and believed in the work of Jesus Christ alone. Go, go do that first. And then start growing in the Lord. Start listening, praying, reading the word of God. And you will see inside will start changing. You can put it yes, on yeah. You can Inside will start changing. And you will look at life's problems as opportunities. Okay. Life's problems. The problems you see suddenly becomes opportunities for God to intervene. As I close this question, you know, it's an illustration I think I have used in the message. Long time ago, in a small country in Africa, long ago, two salesmen were sent from US. Okay, to they both were different, two different companies, but both of footwear. Mm -hmm. Okay, so one guy sent a message back saying, "No opportunity here because nobody wears footwear here. They walk barefoot." the other fellows sent a telegram saying a message saying that only opportunity here, nobody has a footwear. Mm-hmm. Okay? Nobody has. So what happens is when you come into the kingdom of God and the kingdom of God comes into you, is, you don't see problems. You see opportunities. Amen. You see opportunities. When Jesus walked around, he didn't see problems. He saw opportunities to glorify God. Even on the cross. even on the cross, problem. he saw an opportunity. To get him, mm-hmm. forgive him. Busy. Okay, And that's what the disciples had an issue. The man born blind. Lord, did he sin? Did his parents sin? God said, no. Opportunity. <laughs> it's an opportunity <laughs> here to glorify God. Mm-hmm. God can be glorified. Okay, That's how we have this.
1: Amen. Mm-hmm. But, but also, there's an interesting connotation between mm-hmm.
0: having riches and suicidal thoughts. Why is it like that? That is oppression. Mm-hmm. It's oppression. I know. That's what I said. Before, you need... That's what I said. When Jesus said, priest the kingdom. Everywhere he said, you know what he said, "Go preach." Can I have one of the references of Go preach the kingdom? Luke's Gospel, uh, Matthew sixteen verse fifteen and sixteen. It, it's there. Matthew, 15, Ma-
1: Mark, fifteen, Mark, fifteen. Mm.
0: No, no, no. We're talking about not that. Heal the sick. Oh, uh, okay. okay. uh, Luke's. We time. we need that. One. Matthew ten. It, hmm? okay. Luke ten nine. Okay. Any one of us. There's so many are there. Anyone. Heal the sick. No, 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 no. Cast out demons. Cast demons. demons. Matthew. So you have to have that. That was the okay? Matthew. This is a different thing. This is uh this is a different uh, kind of connection. Yes, uh, Matthew
1: chapter ten verse one also is there. Okay. Matthew chapter ten verse one is there.
0: Yeah. Anyone will be enough. Anyone will be enough. Matthew chapter ten verse one. Yeah. Ten one. Ten Matthew 10-1. One. Ten one. Ten one. Just look at it. He called his church disciples and gave them authority to drive out evil spirits and to heal every disease and sickness. Okay, this is not per se that, but where he actually gives the commission, go preach the kingdom. Oh no, just, just let have that one, so that all the pastors who are listening need to understand what the gospel is. And that format has never, ever changed. And the much of the problem the church is Nine facing... Two. Today, 9 yeah. two, Looks yeah. nice. 9 two, just... Much two. of the problem the church is facing is because they changed the format. He sent them... Um, 1078 also this, okay, 1078... Mm-hmm. Okay. We changed... Put, put it up, yeah. mm. Yes, this is it. As you go, preach the message. The kingdom of heaven is near. Mm. Heal the sick. Mm. Raise the dead. Mm. Cleanse those who have leprosy. Dry dry off the demons. Freely you have received. Freely you give. This is the authority of the kingdom. That is how the world, the enemy who controls the world and the people know the kingdom has arrived. Mm. As the kingdom has arrived. And Jesus did it. His disciples did it. Okay. And... uh, uh, The sick and all that, all that leprosy and all, like modern medical science has really, really can save people even from near death and all. But where all human ability stops is from casting out demons. There is no medical science which can even deal with that. No psychiatrist, no psychologist, only the kingdom of God can do that. And when occult does it or other religions do it, they are not casting out demons, they are using one demon to keep the other demon quiet. You are actually you will become worse. Okay. So please understand. And mm-hmm. therefore people need deliverance. That is demonic oppression. Suicidal thoughts are caught to demonic oppression because it's the spirit of death, the devil brings death and suicidal thought. He caused the sinner. when the devil entered into the Satan entered into Judas. He betrayed Jesus for thirty pieces of silver, and then he took him out and killed him. He hung himself. Okay, so you need to realize it is depression is demonic, and the only way you handle it is not by uh, antidepressants. The worst thing you can do to a Christian antidepressant is not a solution. The solution is. Deliverance. What anti-depressions do, it's only does with the chemical part. But your spirit is not a chemical thing. It's not a chemical thing. Your spirit is real. Your soul is real. And there the demons have to be driven out. They have to be cast out. And you have to stop them from coming in. And fill yourself with the word of God. And depression will go. Suicidal thoughts will go. People do, children are committing suicide, especially during these COVID times. More children have committed suicide during these COVID times than ever before. And it's demonic. So you need deliverance. You need healing. You need salvation. It's one package. Salvation is a package. There is salvation of the soul. There is healing of the body. There is deliverance from demonic spirits. It's all one package. That is salvation will make you whole and it depends upon whether you want to believe in one part of the package or the whole Mm. package Yes, you believe in the whole package okay you believe in the whole package if you look at the amplified Bible the meaning of salvation it is complete, it touches the whole your entire life is touched, what God does God doesn't do any work half done but we have to allow him and we have to understand it and we have to walk in it yes Pastor Bichai I hope Sister, you are blessed. Question number five, actually, I think is a good uh,
1: takeoff. Do you think that people born blind or dumb or deaf are a
0: curse from God? The, is the family curse? Both are there. Okay? Both are there. The curses are there. Okay? But first, overall picture we need to look at is what uh, Exodus 4. Okay? When Moses says he cannot talk, God gave 4.11. Exodus. The Lord said to him, who gave man his mouth? Who makes him deaf or mute? Who gives him sight or makes him blind? Is it not I, the Lord? Mm. Basically, here you need to understand this. This, God is establishing his sovereignty. Mm. Ultimately, the devil cannot do one thing without God's permission. Yes. Even though the enemy may do something, ultimately God is in absolute control. It's not that the devil has autonomy. He's not an autonomous being. Remember that scene with hezekiah sorry, Jehoshaphat and Ahab. Right side and left side. The demons are there. And God says, who will go and entice Jehoshaphat? And evil spirit comes and says, different people say different things. evil spirit comes and says, I will do, what will you do? Well, I will be a lying spirit in the mouth of his prophets. God says, go, you will succeed. Oh. What is he saying? Je- Ahab has already been judged. The prophets of Asarat has already been judged, they are all on Sarat. He says, Okay, I give you permission to go them and deceive them and let him go to his death.
2: Mm.
0: Okay, so please understand that this is how it happens. God is in absolute control of everything that happens. And there are many reasons why these things happen, medical reasons. But let us come to back to that questions. First question number five. Yeah. Yeah. Do you think people born blind, dumb or deaf are a curse from God? The family is cursed. Now you need to understand that curses are real. Curses are real. Okay. Curses are real.
2: Okay. Let's go.
0: Let's go. Let us go to what God told Israel.
2: Okay.
0: It is 30. Uh, 30. Deuteronomy 30. And words 19 and 20. This day I call heaven and earth as witnesses against you that I have set before you life and death, blessings and curses. Now choose life that you and your children may love. Mm. Okay? There are two things set before us. Now God says, you choose. You choose. I call heaven and earth as witness against you. I've said before you, life and death. There is life, there is death. There are blessings and there are curses. And God says, you know what? You choose. And we don't realize we are all choosing. And now we go to one of the ways in which we choose. Proverbs 18 and verse 21. Mm. Okay? 18 and verse 21. The tongue has the power of life and death, and those who love it will eat its fruit. (laughs) We choose life or death, blessing or curses with our words. And the more authority you have, you you need to understand that almost all, not Christianity, all religions are based on curses. That's why they serve their gods, because they are scared. And in many religions, you can go to a religious practitioner, (laughs) the priest or whatever you want to call him, and pay him a certain amount of money, and he will curse your enemies. That is what Balaam was hired by Balak. Balak, because that is pagan religion, hiring forward to curse his enemies. But Balaam could not. That means it you was, could with was. others. And I know it happens. Everywhere it happens. Okay. But Christianity is a different thing. Mm-hmm. Once you come under the blood, okay, You but there are curses that have come. And I'll give you a simple, okay, um, it can be, it can be a word without understanding. You did not choose life, you chose death. Go to the book Genesis. of Genesis. Mm-hmm. Genesis. Well. Chapter
1: 31.
0: Thirty-one.
2: Thirty-one. Okay.
0: And verse 31, or uh, 32, 32. Remember, Jacob is run away from, taken his wives and children, and he was afraid. He was always a fearful guy. So he ran before his father-in-law came back, and he's gone with his children. We know the stories for others who do not know, okay? And Laban caught caught up with him. And what happened is, when he was leaving, what did Rachel do? She took her father's idols with her, okay, idols with her. And she's hiding. The idol, idols in a bag and sitting on it. And Lavan comes and says, why did you run away from me like that? You didn't give me a chance to say goodbye to my children, my grandchildren and all that. And why did you take my idols? And his answer is this. But if you find anyone who has your gods, he shall not live. Wow.
1: Powerful statement. Mm. He's he's
0: the father. Father, He's the head of the house. He's the patriarch. And words have authority. Words of people, depending upon who it is, has authority. In the presence of our relatives, see for yourself whether there is anything of yours here with me. And if so, take it now. Jacob did not know that Rachel Rachel had stolen the the (laughs) cross. He had no clue. Mm -hmm. He had no clue. Mm -hmm. Now you come, you will see. In chapter 35, and verse 17, 16 and 17,
2: Hmm.
0: Hmm. and 18. And they moved on from Bedel. While they were still some distance from Ephrath, Rachel began to give birth and had great difficulty. And as she was having great difficulty in childbirth, the midwife said, Don't be afraid, for you have another son. And as she breathed her last, for she was dying. She died. Now you cannot talk say this is a medical complication because this is a second birth, not the first one. Mm-hmm. She's already birthed Joseph. Okay. These have people who are fit, but you need to realise something happened over there. Jacob cursed his wife without realizing it. Okay. So curses are real. There are curses. Okay, there are curses. And there are a lot of families that have been cursed. A lot of families that have been cursed they have been cursed because their ancestors did terrible things terrible things like uh, like understand the whole nature of this world okay the nature of this world has been like let's take let's look at india the land was always in the hands of few and the poor were oppressed and the poor were killed the poor were fooled the poor were cheated and the lands were taken okay and you know what happened the poor cursed them Mm. the poor cursed there are blood curses over families the native americans have cursed the white man in america they have cursed because they believe the whole land belonged to them you came and killed our ancestors and took our land and if you are not a righteous person under the blood of jesus the curse will operate against you and your children you need to understand these things are real you we have two brothers here from africa it is full of black magic and india haiti africa voodoo curse after curse after curse okay so these things are real these things are real and you know what These curses should could come into life and commit in different forms children with born with deformities okay deformities Lot of things can happen. Basically what we are talking about is that in, in medical science we accept, uh, what is passed down through the DNA. Passed down through the DNA, right? We pass it down like your father had diabetes. You expect the children to have diabetes. Okay. There are lots of diseases that are passed down. Okay. So these things are passed down that is why in second corinthians and chapter 5 and verse 17 when god starts with his children he gives them a completely new beginning ways. therefore if anyone is in christ he's a new creation he's not a continuation of the old, old. creation this is not reformation mm-hmm. it is regeneration mm-hmm. you know why every curse is broken but you have to believe it Everything happens by faith. Everything was broken on the cross. He took all the curses upon himself and he released the blessings upon us. He took death. He released life. This is where the cross comes. Something happened on the cross. But all these things will happen only if you believe. That is why believing is so happen. All things are possible to him. He believes Believes what? Believes what Christ did on the cross. Mm. You know what? I am just not a reformed man. No. Hmm. I am a new creation. The old has passed away. The spiritual DNA has changed. I am now born of God. I am born of God. Everything has changed. The old man is perishing. But you know what? Now I have birthed into life. And you know what? I am going to speak life. I am not going to speak death. I'm going to choose blessings. I'm not going to choose curses. I'm going to change primarily the way I think, Mm. so that I will change the way I talk. Yes, yes. I speak over my life. I speak over other lives, and I'm going to speak blessings. And you know what? Things happen, and that this is what is basically happening. People are born blind. People are lame. I'm not. I'm talking about this passes down the curse when man fell. From that fall came everything. Mm -hmm. Okay, the first few hundred thousand years, first few years, thousand years, because they had just fallen, and the glory of God, the image of God was so strong. Man lived up to 900 Mm -hmm. years. But after that, it started coming down. Now we are going down to the end of it. People are, people are, I mean, you you mean, on one level, we have our medical and our scientific, uh, Intelligence has reached to such a level, but people are dying of diseases which are stupid. Now think about this virus. Honestly, th- honestly think about this virus. You have no handle over this virus. Yeah. Right? And yet we are at those top. Okay? Yet when the children of Israel walked in the desert and came out of Egypt, which was destroyed by disease, uh-huh. there was none feeble among them, none ill. Why? simply because of what they ate. God said, I'll give you food from heaven, you eat it, nothing will happen to you. God supernaturally overruled all of it. He literally gave them no choice. Hmm. If they were given a choice, they would have packed all the food from Egypt and taken it with them. Hmm. And one time they ate meat, they died. They asked for a food outside of what God gave them. You know what they happened? They died. Came through the they came through the nostrils. They ate to their fill and they died. Okay. But when they did, because they had no only when they had only one choice and when they followed that choice, the Bible says there was none ill among them. So God can overrule all these things. He can overrule all these things. But this is real. This is real and we always say as parents. No, We are parents and we have four bachelors. No, we have three parents over here. Yeah. No? We, even morning when I was talking about that, we look at our child, we look at our child's behavior. We handle behavior, but we always bless our children. We never curse our children. We bless our children. It doesn't matter how they are. It is irrelevant. We deal with their behavior. That's one thing. We bless our children. Israel were rebelling against God. They were wandering in the desert. Ten times they rebelled. But when Balak opened his mouth, God only blessed them. And he looked at Balak and said, you know what God, what God has blessed, I cannot curse. I cannot curse. So these are fundamental things which we have to learn. We have to learn. And then one of the other reasons also with so many things happening, uh, I believe is because people have broken God's law. One of the laws they have broken is God has said no to close marriages. After the first, the law was given the beginning, yes, it was a different thing. But after that, he changed it. He says, you know what, there should not be close marriages within family, bloodline. A lot of religions, there are people who marry close, very close uh-huh. cousins. Uh-huh. You know what, it's just for the sake of the property, to keep the property within the family. Intention is different. it's for the property and you have to be very very careful there very very careful there because God has said it and you do it and we always see in those cases there are a lot of children who are born with issues especially mental issues Mm. mental issues they are born with that issue So, but once you are saved go back to God there is forgiveness there is mercy there is healing And if there is no healing, there is grace. At the end of the day, grace is sufficient, more than sufficient. If you are healed, it is grace. If you are not healed, there is still grace. That's what God told Paul. You're not going to get delivered, but I will give you grace. and That's more than enough. And He says, I realize his grace is more than enough. It is always grace. And that is what the gospel of grace. You will never face anything in life if God is for you which grace cannot handle, nothing, impossible. Otherwise, we have to change the gospel. The gospel of grace says, you will never, you and I will never face in life anything that grace cannot handle, and you access grace by faith. Yes, Pastor
1: Vijay? So, one more question, yes. because you're talking about kids. Uh, mm-hmm. This question number seven. <clears throat> uh, she says, my child is a smart kid, but she knows too much. Uh, in this home, no TV, no phone, except for her classes she 's eight years old. She knows too much. How do I discipline as a, her as a single mom? I truly believe kids don 't tell us everything as parents. Somehow, I feel that innocence is gone in this generation of kids as a single mom. I worry about her. heard your message about the kids, etc. Not very convincing about the children see
0: uh yeah one of the things which you need to understand is that uh there's one word which is it's there. As a single mom, I worry about her. Uh, God says, don't worry. And Jesus gives you a good reason. He says, by worry, you change nothing. Nobody has changed anything by worrying, except the color of your hair. <laughs> From black to white. Nothing changes by worry. Okay? Nothing changes. There are two things which... As parents, we are all parents. Me with older kids, Pastor Vijay with younger kids, Roshan with even small kids. Okay, that's one thing about kids. We have limitations of what we can do with our kids. But God has no limitations of what he can do with our kids. One of the fundamental things which we have to do is that we have to do what we are told to do and what we can do. Leave the rest to God. What we can do, we can train up a child. Once he grows up, we have a promise he will not depart from it. But mm-hmm. That's in God's hands. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's in God's hands. That's not in our, in our hands. hands. And you know what? Ultimately, we learn a lesson from Abraham and Isaac. After he offered Isaac on the altar, raised his knife, and God said, Stay your hand. And then he got Isaac back. Abraham will never lose Isaac again. Because it is not his to lose. Yeah, the mm. child is God's now. He can never lose. Always say, spiritually speaking, okay, first, the safest place where you can put your child is in God's hands. Mm. And you have to do it by faith. Mm. And do what you have to do. I'm not saying just do it randomly and then do nothing about it. You have to do when you have the time and the age, you are a single mom. In a way that are the best case scenario always is a believing father and a believing mother who agree about the upbringing of the child. Second best case scenario is one parent. The believing one. So it's okay. If, if even if you're believing and unbelieving, semi-believing father is there or mother is there, what you need to do is that leave it to the believing one. Case study in the Bible, Elkanah. Mm. Elkanah Hannah is the believing one. So he said, okay, you handle it. Let's go to Shiloh. She said, no, I'm not mm. coming mm. until this kid is waned off my milk. Okay. And we know the spiritual symbolism of yes. who see who is waned of milk is the one who is about ready to eat mm-hmm. meat. Mm-hmm. Yes. He has moon from spiritual milk of the Bible to the meat of the Bible. When he's ready to eat meat, she comes and gives him to the Lord. Okay. That's what it means. She's a wise woman. She's a wise woman. So that is how you have to work it out in your families. If you're a single mom, you have much more control because you don't have a father or a single father, the mother, who are the influence, the non-spiritual influence is not here. But she knows too much. Hmm. We can't help it. As far, how much can you? You cannot monitor them 24-7. One of the things I will tell you, our, our experience, my experience from the church. We have a special school called GTLC, right? We have a school where our children are safe. So we think about, you know what, we have, we have school, Christian, home, Christian and church. And we thought, you know what, our children are very safe. That's why always listen to the children, little ones talking after church. You have to listen to them because all of them are not uh, from one school. You know, all of them are not from one school. There are a lot of little children who go to other schools. And you have to listen to the conversation. And when you listen to the conversation, suddenly we realize, you know what, these children know a lot. And you cannot protect them. How long will you isolate them from the world? You can, isolation is not Mm. the issue. The issue is insulation. Insulation, yes. (laughs) You cannot isolate Mm. from the world. You have to insulate them with the word. How can a young man Keep from sinning by hiding the word in their heart. But remember, that is not the procedure for the child. The procedure for the child is given in Deuteronomy 6. What is that? The parent lives it out before the child. Lives it out before the child. Where the child, really for the child, God is real. The kingdom of God is real. And you know what? Dad or mom enjoys God. Mm. So I always enjoys God. You should always know that your children and your children impress them on your children. Talk to them about when you sit at home, when you walk along the road, when you lie down, when you get up. What does it mean? It means, this is my life, and I enjoy it. I hmm. enjoy God. It's not religion. It's not a chore. Hmm. Okay, it's not a chore. You know, I'm doing a lot of people uh, evening worship time, and everything is like doing your chores. Hmm. And the children wait for it to be over so they can run away. Should it be that? It should be fun. And it will be only fun if God is fun for you. Yeah. I'm not making fun of him, but I'm talking that you, you enjoy your God. Yeah. You enjoy your God. you know. And when that happened, the children realized, you know what? I want that. I want that. Dad yeah. is serious about God. He enjoys God. Mom is serious about God. She enjoys God. And she's always praying. And all the young mothers I have always told them, at least once I have told them, you know what? When a child falls asleep, the last thing they should hear you is you praying over them. When they wake up, the first thing they hear you is you praying over them. They begin their life, day with God, end their day with God. Just simple prayers, loving, thankful, blessing prayers. You know what? It will be ingrained in their spirit. And when they grow, it will not depart from them. You know what? I know Mom. When mom started my life, she started with God. And when mom ended my day, she ended with God. You know what? It will automatically come. It will come. This is what it means. These are simple things which we can do, living it and practicing before them. This is what God is like, the righteousness of God, the holiness of God, showing them how you treat the things of God and the things of the world, the separation, you show it by life. You see, a child will know whether the father or the mother reveres God. Yes. The child will know whether the father or the mother loves God. These two are important, the reverence for God and the love of God. The child will know. Mm. Okay, child will know whether it is just words or whether it is life. Mm. You know, because consistency cannot be, be hidden. Amen, yes. Cannot be hidden. It's a part of See, life. your life. Uh, See, mm. your spiritual life is not a flash in the back. Mm. It's regular. Yes. It's solid gold. And, it, and then when you fail, when you tell the child, I'm, I goofed up, I'm sorry, I goofed up. They also understand mercy is also real. Mm. No, you have to ask me for mercy. But as far as I'm concerned, you know what? I don't need mercy. You put a wrong picture over there. Mm. You are saying, you know what, honey, you and I are saved by grace and grace alone. Dad or mom is not one notch higher than you. We are not special. We are all, all sinners higher. saved by mercy and grace. You know, you put this picture around before the child, okay, showing the both sides, Romans eleven twenty two, 22. Both sides of the coin. You have to balance it and balancing only the spirit of God can give you. Spirit of God will show you the balance. He will show you the balance. Consider, therefore, the kindness and the sternness of God. Sternness to those who fell, kindness to you. You have to show both of it and say, Lord, give me the grace. Spirit of God, show me. We can't do that on our own. It is not possible. The best man on earth will fail it without the Spirit of God. Mm. The Spirit of God has given us to help us through this. You know, Lord, teach me, Lord. We teach. And don't worry about perfection. That's the process. Okay, when you fail, don't worry. The whole thing is that we keep learning. We keep learning how to live that life that Christ lives through us. Show this both portions, you know. And uh, the children see how you treat people. This is a single mom, but in other cases, the children see how the father teaches uh, treats the mother. The children see how the mother treats the. Fun? How do children, uh, how does a young man grow up and get married and learn to love his wife? Where did he learn it from? From or movies from or from home? Oh. How does a girl grow up and get married and learn to submit to her husband? Where does she learn it from? From her mother. Yes. She learns it. All these things are learned at home. You know, and they carry it with them. They carry it with them. No, that's why God says, you know what, I hate divorce. divorce. Why does he hate divorce? Because he says, you have clothed yourself so with violence. violence as a man covers himself. Divorce is a result of violence, one side or other, or both sides. Violence. God says, you know what, why does he hate? You go back over there. We sometimes misread these portions. And you will understand God is bringing something completely which sometimes we pastors miss out what God is talking about. Malachi chapter 2. Okay? Yeah. Chapter 2,
1: verse uh, 13 onwards. uh, Yeah,
0: 13 onwards. 14 onwards. You ask this, about why are my prayers not answered? It is because the Lord is acting as witness between you and the wife of a youth, because you have broken faith with her, though she is your partner, the wife of your marriage covenant. Has not God made them one? In flesh and spirit they are his. And why one? Because you are seeking godly offspring. So guard yourself in the spirit. Do not break with the wife of your youth okay i hate divorce says the lord god of israel and i hate a man's covering himself with violence as well as with his garment says the lord so guard yourself in the spirit and do not break your faith this entire thing is connected with marriage divorce violence we'll go to verse 15 verse 15 has not the lord made them one in flesh and spirit they are one and why one because he was seeking godly offspring, he says, you know what? The violence in the home destroys the children. Destroys the children. I had an expectation from your marriage. You know what? It was not children. It was godly children.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Yes. I would have godly offspring. And he says, you know what? Your behavior in the marriage is destroying them. And it upsets me, he says. That's why he hates That's one of the reasons. He says, you know what? You need to realize, you go to, uh, Psalm 127. Psalm 127. Okay? And I think the last two verses. I want ESV, if you can, because some translations are, I want ESV. If you can, give me ESV. Yeah, Mm -hmm. come further down, come further down. About the children. The last three verses. Behold, children are a heritage from the Lord; the fruit of the womb, a reward. Look at that. So we have UN, uh, UN heritage sites protected by international funding is given for that. We have a railway station here also, which is a UNESCO a heritage. The one at what is that one? Now our third station. Not Nampally and Sekandar, the other one. Kachikuda. Kachikuda. It's a heritage center. Okay, so because the Nizam's railway station. Look. Children, but this is heaven's heritage, not world. Children are a heritage from the Lord, and the fruit of the womb is a reward. Like arrows in the hand of a warrior are the children of one's youth. Verse five. Blessed is the man who fills your cover with them. Let me ask you, I, I wanna, I wanna ask people's honestly believers, how many of you will be happy if you have a third child or a fourth child and consider yourself blessed today? Christians, believing, spirit filled breath, how many of you will consider? The Bible says if you have many children, you are blessed. But nobody today thinks about more than two children, and if they have a third one, a fourth one, they're already panicking. But that's not what the Word of God. I tell Pentecostal Christian, you need to look in the Word of God and change the way you think. Don't look at provision. Look into the Word of God. What does the Word of God says? Oh, 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 third child, fourth child, what shall we do? What does the Word of God says? You are blessed. You are blessed. Think differently. Don't go by what uh, Modi government or Chinese government says two child norm, otherwise you will lose all government benefits. I don't need government benefits, I want blessings from heaven. I'm not saying that you should have small, more children too, but I am saying in case your wife gets pregnant with a third child, a fourth child, you know what? Throw up your hands up in not in frustration, but lift up your hands is not I am blessed. I am blessed according to the word of God. I am blessed, I am blessed, I have been rewarded by heaven. Then only our thinking will change. And we are not like a uh, Islamic agenda or not increase population take over the earth. We don't need any of this thing. With one flip of his hands, God will take over the earth. The twinkling of an eye, it will be taken over. By the glory of his coming, he will destroy his enemy. God does not need population to take (coughs) over this earth. The kingdom of God does not work like that. Mm. So our agenda is completely different. We look into God's word and see. So children are not a curse. They are a reward. And if you have more than one, more than two, more than three, more than four, it happens. (coughs) Don't get upset. Don't get upset. When you don't want, be careful. That's all I say. Be careful. Do what you have to do. But when you have it, your first reaction should be of faith and not of flesh. Lift up your hands and you say, Lord, I am blessed that you chose me. (coughs) You rewarded me. You rewarded me with more children. Lord, my cure is full. You know what, Lord? What I'm going to do? I'm going to teach them your ways. And I believe this. He shall not be put to shame when he speaks with his enemies in the gate. You know what? My children shall be your warriors. Mm. You know what happens, Lord? Lord, I'm going to train them. That is sharpening the arrows. Okay, long time ago, I preached this message in one of the birthday parties. You have to pick. Every reed does not become an arrow. Mm. It does not become an arrow. Arrows are specifically first. It is for balance. Then it is shaped. Then the feathers are put in. Then the end is tipped with a metal. Then he draws it and he releases these. So a child is given by God. There is an the entire process in training, preparing, and then then one day he's gifted and is filled with the Holy Spirit. He's ready to fly and is kept with the cure of God. When the time comes God releases the child, he shall do great exploits for God. That is how God does it. The, the, a metal tip at the point is God arming him. The feather on him, he's filling him with his power. And God is that mighty man of war. He has been releasing his arrows, which are men and women of God, which he framed. So we have to see it that way. Unless we change our thinking, that is what the Bible is talking about. <coughs> renewing our thinking, renewing our mind by looking at every situation from God's perspective. When you look at it, God says, you know what, I am pleased with you. I am pleased with you. The world is going in a completely different way and you are thinking exactly a different way according to God's word. So you have to look at it that way. And at the end of, do what you have to do and trust God with your child. And the child will turn out and never stop
2: praying.
0: Mm. Never quit. This you connected with the other prayer. Never stop praying. You will pray and when do you stop praying for your children? When you die.
2: Mm. Hmm.
0: When he died. Lord, my last breath, the children you have given me, Lord, I bless them. I bless them. Okay? We will stop with that. One verse. And we shall stop for today, right? Pastor Vijay? Yes. Pastor. Yeah. Deuteronomy 50. No, not Deuteronomy 50. Deuteronomy 59.
1: Uh, Genesis 59. Sorry,
0: Genesis, Genesis, not Deuteronomy. Genesis this is
1: 49, Pastor. Mm-hmm.
0: 49 and verse 1. One and two. Got it? Then Jacob called for his sons and said, Gather around so I can tell you what will happen to you in <laughs> the days to come. Assemble, listen, sons of Jacob, listen to your father, Israel. Now go towards 33. Got it? When Jacob had finished giving instructions to his sons, he drew up his feet into the bed, breathed his last, and was gathered to his, his people. people. And go to Hebrews 11 and verse 21. To By faith, Jacob, when he was dying, blessed each of Joseph's sons and worshipped as he leaned on the stop of his staff. Did you see? It's are two different stages. This happens before. Yeah. But as he is dying in the last stages, down to his last breath, what is he doing? He's blessing his children.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: He's blessing his children. You don't stop. You don't stop. When you stop, mm-hmm. then you die. Blessed yeah. and you die. And that's it. God will do the rest. Don't worry about what you cannot do. <coughs> that is God's business. Be concerned about what you can do and release into God's hands all our children shall be thought of them. the Lord, and grace shall, shall be, be their peace. peace. Amen. Amen. Pastor Vijay, we'll close in prayer. Yes.
1: Father, we just want to thank you, Lord. Yes, Lord, you're truly an awesome God. Your plans for us are always to prosper us, to give us a hope and a future and a desire. And thank you, Lord, that your word says, oh Lord, those whom you love, you chasten, so that we can all be made partakers of your holiness, that you're looking not at our immediate earthly rewards, but Lord, that you have our eternal interests in your mind and in your heart. And therefore, I pray, Lord, each one of us will begin to view our lives not on this temporal terms, but Lord, through the through your eyes, O Lord, we will look at the reward, which is beyond this life. And Lord, we will make course corrections, O Lord, where we have gone wrong, Lord, we will put it right. Because, Lord, you never come to condemn, but you come to convict. You come to empower. And, Lord, you come to make us, overcome us, O Lord. And we will be, O Lord, by the power of your Holy Spirit. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father, for this time. And every answer, O Lord, that has been given, O Lord, I pray, Lord, that you would make it relevant to every one of us, O Lord. The same word, which has got the power to work in everyone's life in those who believe. I pray, Father, that you would take it and make it relevant and bring a mighty fold of harvest into your kingdom. We thank you, Father, for this time. Thank you, Lord. I pray, Father, even as we rest tonight, we come at ourselves to your kind hands. Grant us a good night's rest, O Lord, and grant us another day so that, Lord, we can prepare ourselves for your coming. We thank you. We praise you. We give you glory. For in Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. 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 Amen.